everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rookrout. And today, we really are counting down to next year's Oscars. We will be sharing our first batch of Oscar predictions with you all, going through the top six categories. We'll be looking at the four acting categories, director and picture. I am... A little bit reluctant to do this this early, but it is a tradition for us to share our first Oscar predictions in June of every year. Our predictions have been all over the map. So we've had some that have been really good. Like your actress category last year was amazing. Two years ago on this episode, I predicted that Anthony Hopkins would win Best Actor. Like sometimes we hit it and other times... Like last year, I put Cha-Cha Real Smooth in my picture predictions and you Mm -hmm. had Amsterdam. So it's, Mm. you know... (laughs) We do do that, yeah. It's trying to figure out which movies that we already have are going to make it through the end of the year and which ones that we barely know anything about if they're going to be anything. So it's trying to find that balance. And usually, you know, having Cha-Cha Real Smooth and having Amsterdam, those feel like safe Oscar choices in a way. So it's like, great, we'll do that. And then some have already been delayed that I wanted to put in my predictions. So mm-hmm. it is fun. It's not serious. Some of these are really not serious, but it just gives us a chance to talk about some more movies for the year that we're really excited for. Completely agreed. Again, just echoing that we are not taking this too seriously. This is just meant to be a fun exercise at this point. And I think I say this every year at this point, but I'm going to say it again. If someone tells you, that they know what's going to happen at the Oscars that are months away. We're like nine months away at this point. They're they're fooling you. Nobody knows anything yet. It's way too early. So mm-hmm. try to have a little fun with these. Don't tell people that they're wrong. It's all going to be okay. Let's be nice. <laughs> well, on that note, let's get started with supporting actor. My five predicted nominees are Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Jacob Elordi for Priscilla, Samuel L. Jackson for The Piano Lesson, and Jesse Plemons also for Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay, so we have two in common, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon and Samuel L. Jackson for The Piano Lesson. My other three predicted nominees are Coleman Domingo for The Color Purple, John Magaro for Past Lives, and Charles Melton for May, December. I... Like how we both said that this category should be filled with hot men. (laughs) You have someone from Euphoria. I have someone from Riverdale. (laughs) But I think that's what happens when you just don't really know anything yet. I mean, you've seen May, December. We've both seen past lives, but that's really it at this point. So most of these, I think, just, yeah, feel like guesswork. But some of them I'm pretty confident in, I think. And people have seen Killers of the Flower Moon. That is the big one we'll talk about Mm -hmm. over and over again today. And yeah, I think Robert De Niro is fairly safe at this point. And any August Wilson adaptation has done really well at the Oscars too. So I feel good about Samuel Jackson. It's also being directed by Denzel Washington's other son, Malcolm, not John David. So nepotism maybe, but (laughs) there's a lot of talent there. So I'm excited for this one. I like your Coleman Domingo nom as well. 
he plays Mr. in The Color Purple, the book. I'm mm-hmm. reading it right now, and I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, the first movie did really well nominations-wise, so I wanted to fit him in, and I kind of put in Jacob Elordi as a joke, but Priscilla, who knows if we even get this this year, but it's directed by Sofia Coppola. It's about Elvis. We just had Elvis, and we know they love that mm-hmm. figure. So I was like, great, let's put him in. Young guy, not a previous nominee. Why not? Yeah, and I mean, he will also have Saltburn this year, Emerald Fennell's follow-up to Promising Young Woman, where I believe he'll also be a supporting player there. It sounds like he's sort of the Jude Law figure in The Talented Mr. Ripley, which is mm. very intriguing to me. But yeah, I mean, the camera loves Jacob Elordi, and I can already picture Sofia Coppola's touches and how her DP will light him. I'm very, very excited for this. I feel like he's been training to play this sort of Americana, beautiful mm-hmm. figure for a while. So I, I like that. I, I can't wait to see that movie when it does come out. So we both saw Past Lives, which we'll discuss more. But my God, I loved this movie so much. It will, I feel like, definitely be near the top of my list come the end of the year for our personal favorites. It surpassed my very high expectations. And John Magaro has quite a few scenes in the movie that really stood out to me, I think. So I feel like if this movie is a really big player, he could appear in this category. It's a type of indie nomination that even if the movie somehow doesn't live up to awards expectations, he could get in sort of a la Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Mm-hmm. I think it does have potential in those big categories, though. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily think the same thing for Causeway, but I think he could get in here. Yeah, I, this movie, just like you, everybody came out of this movie saying incredible things, and mm-hmm. that really worried me. But I came out saying the same exact thing, loving yep. it, crying my eyes out, just connecting with every moment and shot and line and wow this really blew me away and i like his scenes too he has kind of a smaller role as a listener as this partner and it's interesting to see things from his perspective too so i like that one as well and charles melton yeah i mean i wouldn't put it past the academy to nominate him this is just a movie i'm really weary of and we'll mention this more but he could be another first time nominee as well it is a yeah. good, subdued, emotional, nuanced performance. I'm so excited to see May, December. I can't wait. And yeah, this is one where I really, I have no idea what this performance could be. But just knowing what I know about the movie, I thought, why not? Put him in. I know he was getting good notices from Cannes and people were talking really positively about him. So This would be a very on-the-nose, hope, dick, ding nomination. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, bringing that back. I forgot. When did we originally come up with that version of the meaning of hope dicting? I have no idea, but it very much. Wait, <laughs> is it a graphic nudity R? Are you saying literally? It will be, yes. Yes. Wow, okay. I've got all of that, but that's great. <laughs> so, looking at your list, who are you most confident will get a nomination? You know, every year I have Willem Dafoe on my list in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and I wasn't going to because I really don't think Poor Things will be like the favorite. 
it's very quirky from the trailer, mm-hmm. but I was like, I have to, I have to put him in here. Mm-hmm. And he has great prosthetics, but I'm going to go with Robert De Niro. What about you? Me too. I mean, I feel like I've been predicting Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon for three years at this point in this category. (laughs) So it's finally hopefully coming to fruition. He plays William Hale in the movie, and this is just such a meaty role for him. A lot of the reviews from Cannes were calling out Robert De Niro's performance as being really strong. And I feel like, you know, him reuniting with Scorsese after not getting nominated for The Irishman somehow, I feel like it's his time to be nominated again. And this is really the perfect role to do so. I wonder if the Academy can return to rewarding a villain in this category. Plenty of villainous men have won in the past, but recently it's gone to warm-hearted dads. So we'll see if it changes up this year. But I think... We can count on him being here. Next, we have Best Supporting Actress. My predicted nominees are Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, Viola Davis for Air, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Taraji P. Henson for The Color Purple, and Julianne Moore for May, December. Okay, so we have three in common, Taraji, Julianne, and Lily. And then I swapped out for Anne Hathaway for Eileen and Lashana Lynch for Bob Marley, One Love. Okay, let's focus on Anne Hathaway and Eileen first. I'm reading this book right now, Eileen. Uh Whoa. This book is very, very dark and bizarre. And I, I didn't see the movie as a part of Sundance or anything like that. So I don't know much about the movie yet. But I don't know how the Academy will react to it because the tone is just so strange it's too much in this book it might be kind of repellent to the Mm. academy i could see maybe a critics award i'm not sure but as far as i can tell just from this book it's kind of gross like the characters Mm. are just interesting yeah like i said repellent so i'm not sure necessarily how the academy will react to that we'll see but yeah i'm i'm curious how that will play and i'm excited to see it when i do So a lot of our nominees, I'm already thinking this, are going to be coming from The Color Purple and Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm -hmm. Those kind of feel, I think, already like the two big movies that people are talking about as far as potential Oscar nominations go, especially in above-the-line categories. No one has seen The Color Purple yet, as far as I know. We've just seen that trailer. Um, So I'm curious to see how these will actually play Mm -hmm. and shake out when it comes to nomination time. Yeah, yeah. The big question, is Lily Gladstone lead or supporting? I mean, she should be a lead from what I know about how he changed the story. And from reading the book, I think it would make sense for her to be in lead and to be a Best Actress contender. But I think I'm thinking about this a little cynically and thinking of where Apple will push her. And I feel like... A win for her, maybe, they might think is easier in supporting. I feel like Leo is the lead. At least that's what I'm kind of hearing or reading. And Lily Gladstone's role is much more subtle. It's in the subtext of the film. Mm -hmm. And I know how people react to that when it comes to Scorsese movies. I remember the mind-numbing conversations about the Anna Paquin character. So I just don't know. I mean, I I think she could go either way, but I just have to see... The movie first. It's kind of up in the air, really. 
Yeah, coming out of Cannes, there were a few reviews that said, I loved Lily, but I wanted more of her. Or, mm-hmm. like, Lily's performance is so nuanced and all of her glances and facial expressions. And that, to me, is giving supporting. Not yeah. that I want her there, because I want the story to be about her and all the praise. It's like, yes, we want this performance. I can't wait. But mm-hmm. I am leaning more towards supporting once we get to actress, maybe we can see, like, is this a Michelle Williams from the Fablemans mm-hmm. kind of thing? Where will her category placement either make or break her if it's close to being either? And switching categories, yeah. like, take her out of the running, basically. So we can do that in a couple categories. But our other ones that we had, Julianne Moore, again, May, December. This is not my most confident nomination from this movie. But she is really good. I think we could also use the word repellent a little bit with the Academy here. Just because it's it's less baity and it's camp. I mean, it's Todd Haynes and Julianne Moore. This is like their fourth or fifth mm-hmm. collaboration together. So we know what this yeah. is like. It's like Robert De Niro and mm-hmm. Marty in a way, mm-hmm. really. They're a similar type of collaborator. Maybe like Leo and Marty even. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's safe. Their film's safe. It is that performance in a way. Oh, oh, I love safe. Oh my gosh. Oh no. I'm so excited. I really can't wait to see May, December. I just need to know when that will be hopefully sooner (laughs) rather than later. And okay. So I have two women from the color purple. Mm -hmm. I have Danielle Brooks and Taraji P. Henson. You just have Taraji. What led you to that decision of just having her? So I was also looking back to the 85 version and all the nominations. They had one lead actress nominated, Whoopi, and then two supporting actresses, Margaret Avery and Oprah Winfrey. Whoopi played Celie, which we'll get to, and then Margaret played Shug Avery and Oprah Winfrey played Sophia. And so Taraji P. Henson is playing the Shug Avery part and Danielle Brooks is playing Sophia. And again, I wanted to put them both in because I think Mm -hmm. these are great roles, at least from the book, that scream being nominated. The Shug Avery character is just so complex. And as you read the book and find out from Celie's perspective how she feels about Shug Avery. And then Lashana Lynch for me, I had to put this movie in Bob Marley One Love because it's from Paramount. It's a big studio film. It's directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who did King Richard. And I was wondering if, you know, the wife of a big figure from a biopic getting nominated like Anjanou Ellis did for that movie. And I'm like, this is a great parallel. People loved Lashana from The Woman King last year. So she's in the ether and it could very much happen. I agree. I think that could definitely happen. I'm so curious what happens with biopics. I think because last year, I Want to Dance with Somebody just kind of fell Mm. flat and didn't lead to any nominations. So I am a little bit dubious. Mm -hmm. I mean, but Ronaldo Marcus Green, that's promising. He's like already had some Academy love with King Richard, like you mentioned. I just wonder what's going to happen with maestro too like is it too much like will we have too many musician oriented stories here does that even matter to them it might not Mm -hmm. priscilla also being an elvis movie 
I wonder how they'll react to all of that. It might not even matter. Who knows? And then, you know, having things like Rustin, too, and Shirley, which we'll talk about. Like, it is a pretty biopic-heavy year that Mm -hmm. we're heading into. But, yeah, I I think that that's a good pick, though. Like, Lashana Lynch is an incredible actress. People love her. She also won the BAFTA Rising Star Award previously. Mm-hmm. So like she's she's well known. So I can see her as an actor who is sort of ripe for a nomination at this time. And it's funny you mention that because Kingsley Benadir, who's playing Bob Marley, was nominated for the Rising Star at BAFTA. So there is a connection Aww. there. But who are you most confident with for supporting actress? So I'm actually most confident in Danielle Brooks in the Sophia part in the color purple because she won the Tony for it. Mm. And this is an adaptation of the musical. I feel like that role, she's known as a scene stealer from the musical. So I think that could maybe benefit her here, especially because we've seen recently like you know thinking about ariana debose and west side story these roles from musicals that just pop you can find success in supporting actress Mm -hmm. really so i think i'm gonna say danielle brooks for now what about you so i'm gonna go with lily gladstone my i'm two for two on killers of a flower moon but i feel good that she'll at least be nominated i love to hear it I think she'll get in too. I really do. I'm so glad she is getting her due for Killers of the Flower Moon. I just want, I think that this performance for her to win needs to be really, really pushed by critics and people need to be solid in her category placement Mm -hmm. so that there is no confusion throughout the season. God forbid we have a category confusion situation (laughs) with someone like her. Yeah. So on to lead actor. My predicted nominees are, here we go. Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon. My God, I forgot about Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting about this movie. Oh, oh my God. Wow. The Ridley Scott Napoleon. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have four overlapped here. Okay. Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, Coleman Domingo, and Killian Murphy. My difference is that I have Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, the Alexander Payne movie, instead of Joaquin Phoenix for Napoleon. I could see Joaquin happening. I just don't know what's going on with that movie. And it could be a big year for Joaquin, playing a major historical figure in a biopic. I mean, how many of these are biopics? Mine are all biopics. (laughs) So yours yeah like I mean killers is not but like he's based on a real person so yeah I mean the only one here out of our list that's not based on a real person is Paul Giamatti (laughs) and I don't think I put this movie in anywhere because Alexander Payne movies of late are iffy and not knowing much about the movie but looking at the cast and the story I just was very hesitant, so I didn't feel confident enough to put it in anywhere. But I think with this sort of a performance and character, he could get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like him. He only has one Oscar nomination so far, so I feel like I could see like maybe critics rallying around him. The description of this movie is also just so perfect for me. <laughs> Did you read this? <laughs> I am not, like, the biggest Alexander Payne fan. Admittedly, I 
love sideways, but like downsizing, no, I'm okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's we're very hit or miss. I love election, but this movie forced to spend Christmas break with a handful of students, a curmudgeonly college professor develops an unlikely bond with a school troublemaker and the head cook. So weird. It's weird. That sounds great. (laughs) That's my kind of weird. You know, poor things. We'll see if that's my kind of weird. You know how I am with Yorgos Lanthimos movies. Mm -hmm. But this, this is perfectly my kind of weird, I think. We'll see. But I mean, I think we just, we have to talk about Bradley Cooper and Maestro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There were initial reactions that came out and people were praising the two performances, him and Carrie Mulligan. So I'm very happy to put those in but they said the rest of the movie basically needed some work that it was disconnected well, work on it, and it'll be great <laughs> but i you know for a movie that potentially could be in a lot of categories and technicals and above the line i think i feel safest putting acting in before maybe directing or screenplay or anything else cinematography but we've gotten plenty of stills. We know what they look like, especially Bradley. You know, it's a big transformation. <laughs> yep. So if Bradley Cooper does not win an Oscar in some way, shape, or form for transforming himself into Leonard Bernstein, he's never going to win an Oscar, period. I don't think. Not a competitive one. I think this is this is it. Like, you are, you are fully leaning into what the Academy likes, mm-hmm. theoretically. I don't know. I, I'm i hopeful that it's different and that it's not your standard biopic. You know, Bradley Cooper has a fascination with musicians. I watched this documentary a while ago about Mark Ronson on YouTube. It was like a an hour long or so. It was interesting, but how, how I spend my time. But anyway, Bradley Cooper was interviewed for it, and he talked about how music itself is like the purest form of art. It's like the strongest drug. You know, music hits you harder than film or television or anything. So I think his fascination with music, it's coming through certainly again here. It came through in A Star is Born, but that was his directorial debut. So I'm sure he took a lot of lessons that he learned there and put them into this movie. I just wonder, is the Academy going to finally give him an Oscar? Mm I, I'm hopeful. I mean, again, I haven't seen Maestro yet. So, you know, who knows? I could hate it. I could think it's terrible. I doubt it. But I think, you know, with the prosthetics and everything, I would be upset if Brendan Fraser won for that makeup prosthetic filled performance and we didn't see mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper getting attention here. Okay. Then I think with Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon, the Academy loves Leo. He does already have a win, and the reviews out of Cannes were praising Leo, calling it his best performance ever. And he's an actor with a really strong resume, and he's really respected in the industry. So I feel like he he will have to get in here. And then with Coleman Domingo and Killian Murphy, they would both be first-time nominees, playing a civil rights activist and the creator of... The atomic bomb. I mean, you couldn't really get more different, but both based on historical figures. I don't know what to think of Rustin yet and how it will perform. I don't know anyone who's seen it, but Oppenheimer, I mean, I I can't wait to see it Mm -hmm. so soon, like a month away. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. We just got some teasers about the sound, so maybe a potential, few potential technical nominations as well for that one. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm really excited for Rustin too. The problem I have so far, we mentioned a lot of Netflix movies and acting. Shirley, which is coming. Rustin, Maestro, May, December, Nyad, which is also coming. It's just so many acting nominations for Netflix. And I Mm -hmm. don't think they're going to campaign for everybody. They just can't. And they never have. So I'm worried about who's going to get left out or who's going to be pushed, especially Rustin and Maestro. We both have them in here. I mean, the studio question always comes up. And I think especially with Netflix, we've seen so many different strategies from them to varying degrees of success, really, because two years ago with The Power of the Dog, they were so dominant for so long. And then when it came to actually collecting the trophies, they like got to the five yard line and then fell. That's how it felt. So I don't know. That's difficult. And last year they had a really weird slate of films. Bardo and White Noise, mm-hmm. and I, I hope that they've learned from the previous years about festival rollout and what makes sense for their movies. I feel like they have. I mean, last year, look at All Quiet on the Western Front, something that happened very organically and ended up giving them a lot of wins in the end. So I'm hopeful that they'll figure out what their most successful film is and then lean into that in a way that's not we're taking this movie to every single festival. It's going to peak early and then people won't care about it when it comes down to voting. People will be tired of it. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big balance, but look at A24 last year. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think if A24 can do it, Netflix can do it. I don't know. Maybe you're more hopeful than I am with them, but I do hope they can. I have to be hopeful about Maestro. I'm going into the trenches for this campaign, I feel like. <laughs> already (laughs) i know it's i won't rest until until bradley cooper has his oscar so who are you most confident with here in lead i mean as much as i want to say bradley cooper i'm gonna say leonardo dicaprio for killers of the flower moon i feel like that is also a really juicy role from the book and again the raves for the performance coming out of can that just makes me think it can happen for him and if leo is in a big movie at the oscars not titanic but that was years ago the academy tends to nominate him so i think killers of the flower moon will be strong for them and i think he'll get in what about you i want to say leo i think that'll happen but i'm gonna go with coleman domingo we both had him on our list last year and i'm hoping this is a really strong leading performance for coleman he's been doing so many features lately so i feel like it's his time to get nominated this is also making me think of sean penn and milk winning yeah so hopefully academy members will remember that and not necessarily compare them but give coleman the chance that he deserves here yeah and i i think it's really possible that we could have coleman getting two nominations in lead and supporting so it could be a Mm -hmm. really really big year for him next let's move on to best actress my predicted nominees are fantasia barino for the color purple greta lee for past lives carrie mulligan for maestro natalie portman for may december and kate winslet for lee okay so we have three overlaps we have fantasia carrie and natalie My other two, I have Sandra Uller for Anatomy of a Fall and Regina King for Shirley. I am so excited to see Anatomy of a Fall, as you know. I'm just so wary of this branch 
actually going mm-hmm. for performances and not in the English language entirely. I know. I know it's a blend, right? It's Fr- this movie's French and English. Mm-hmm. So that could that could benefit her. I I would love it. But yeah, I just I this branch they go for I just I don't trust them. Of all of the branches, this is the one I really trust the least. The directors, they will be themselves and they will go for the people that they really like in the auteurs, but the actors, I mean, they give us Javier Bardem. Like, they did what they did last year with the Andrea Riseborough thing. So I just, I don't know. It's why I tend to play it safe. But then again, I mean, I put Greta Lee in for Past Lives. And this performance is all about the subtleties. There is nothing big about her performance. I mean, I think it's big. Mm-hmm. I think it's very epic. But that's because I love the subtleties of her body language and the ways that you can you can read her or you can't read her in certain moments. I think it's a really brilliant performance and that's why I put it here because I'm really hoping that if they love the movie they will give her a nomination. She's the core of it, but at the same time I am worried that the movie itself, you know, it's so delicate that they will just want to give it a writing nomination. In terms of above the line that if we're being cynical and I feel strongly about it would be like picture screenplay and probably not acting. And if it only gets like two or three nominations, those are big nominations. So yeah, I think I'm going to tiptoe with this and hope for the best. And if it wins every spirit award and critics thing, I will be happy for it and try Mm -hmm. not to get too upset with the Oscars, but we will see. My thing with Anatomy of a Fall is Neon doesn't have like a lot of strong films this year. They have The Actor, which has Andre Holland, Anatomy of a Fall, Eileen, which we talked about a little bit, Mother's Instinct with Jessica Chastain and Anne Hathaway. I'm not sure about that. And then La Chimera, the Alice Rohrwalker film from Cannes that I don't feel strongly in terms of the Academy for that either. So like Anatomy of a Fall... We know what it is. People saw Eileen at Sundance, but overwhelmingly, Sandra is the one nominee from this list that I would pick. That's why I have her here. And then Regina King, we talked about her. We had her on our list last year as well, for surely. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping for the best for her as well. There are so many biopics. <laughs> there really I just, are. And- we had so many last year. I'm like, it's the safe bet. We always have them. And I'm like, great, let's just make... All of the nominees from biopics, it's where we're headed. (laughs) It's true. It's like, if you want to win an Oscar, you do a biopic. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how... I mean, there are plenty of problems I have with biopics and with biopic acting. And I think there's a problem in that people in the industry who are voting for awards tend to equate good acting with how well you transform into a real person in a biopic. To them, I think that's what they think good acting is, and I hate that. So, I mean, that's, you know, Regina King could be amazing in Shirley. Carrie Mulligan could be fabulous in Maestro. Like, these are things we don't know. Um, Kate Winslet, I put her in because Lee is also a biopic. She is playing a model-turned-war zone photographer, (laughs) and that just feels like core Winslet. Capitalize. Uh, Yeah. Win and Winslet. Um, she loves campaigning. There's nothing wrong with that. I think her performance in Mayor of Easttown is one of the best 
performances I've seen by an actor really mm-hmm. in my lifetime. So I just, I think she's great. But I do wonder if this is an Ammonite type of situation where we all thought she could get in for that and then that movie flopped. I don't even know if this is coming out. So um, another one I was tempted to put on my list, admittedly, instead of Greta Lee, was Annette Benning for Nyad. Mm-hmm. She plays a woman who swam the English Channel. Yes. Another biopic. <laughs> another Netflix biopic. So it just is looking a little crowded there. We could be surprised, though. You never know. We yeah. really could be. It's just, yeah, Netflix. We would have Regina King for Shirley, Natalie Portman for May, December, and Annette Benning for Nyad. Like, who are they going to compete for out of three women? If Annette's the only one that hasn't won, then I guess her maybe but it's not really a fair way to think about it but natalie is my most confident from may december she gives the most oscary performance but i feel like she always does and this is the one they can definitely latch on to i feel like she's the most complex or the one we get to see the most of her Mm -hmm. like story her past her being i think you'll really like her performance i love natalie for our listeners i know you know this because i tell everyone this (laughs) Natalie Portman's parents met at the Ohio State University, our alma mater. So thank you, Ohio State, for introducing Natalie Portman's parents to each other. But yeah, we love Natalie. And I am also really confident, I think, in her here. Because just from what you said about May, December, and who she's playing in the movie, you said she gets a really good monologue, which they love. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like I'm pretty confident in her. I'm also pretty confident in Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple. I am not as confident as the people who are saying she's a shoe in to win already because we just don't know. I mean, this is this is going to be a breakthrough performance. We haven't had a breakthrough performance win in Best Actress in a while. They've gone with previous winners or veterans. So I'm just not sure. I'm going to go with Fantasia. One, because I'm more weary about May, December as an Oscar movie and how that's going to perform. But I Mm -hmm. am pretty confident in The Color Purple at least getting nominations like its predecessor. Hoping that I can pull off some wins as well. But a leading actress performance from a big Best Picture contender. I think she has a fair shot at at least a nomination. So I'm going to go with her here. Okay, so on to director, my predicted nominees. I have Blitz Bazawule for The Color Purple, Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Celine Song for Past Lives, and Denis Villeneuve for Dune Part 2. Okay, we have three in common. I have Martin Scorsese, Celine Song, and Jonathan Glazer. I love that you have Denis Villeneuve and I don't. It's I very, to. very on brand for us. <laughs> I have Bradley Cooper for Maestro <laughs> and Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. I don't really know what to make of Oppenheimer yet, but when I think back on Christopher Nolan and when he got nominated for Dunkirk, I'm wondering if Oppenheimer is in that league in his filmography. You know, like, it's around wartime. It's a big technical achievement. I can see it being the film that the, like, British voters, in the way that they did for All Quiet on the Western Front, could fixate around just because of the cast and Mm -hmm. who Nolan is. I 
do wonder, though, if the box office will factor into it. So if Oppenheimer is really successful, I think the movie could do really well come awards. If it's a huge, excuse me, bomb, I don't know. Like, it's it's very up in the air. So I'm curious to see. But I do wonder if there's room for both Nolan and Villeneuve here. I don't know. It feels kind of like a pick one case to me. Watch them both get in or neither. But um, so I went with Nolan instead here. I don't know what to make of Dune Part 2 yet. It's one of those things where making Dune, making Dune Part 1 felt like the achievement because you're adapting an unadaptable Mm -hmm. source material effectively. So they've already been rewarded for that by the Academy many times. So I just don't know if they'll do that this time in as strong of a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though. It could be better. I mean, the, the second part of the book is better, I think than the first part, but it's also going to be more action-packed and less meditative, world-building oriented. Yeah, I'm hesitant. It's just, you know, we're going to end Dune, potentially. Maybe there's a third movie Mm -hmm. on the Dune Messiah book, but he was a shoo-in. A lot of people considered him that last time, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't. So are they going to say, oh, Danny, we're sorry. Here's your nomination now, type of thing. This branch is just so tricky. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's an easier one to predict sometimes because they march to their own drum and they go with the people who they like. They go with certain names and types of directorial achievements, if you will. So it kind of scares me that I have I have three people who've never been nominated before here. Because I think they do tend to go with old favorites sometimes. But Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. I also contemplated Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those. I can see like the, that one of them will get in. I feel like The Zone of Interest, based on what you described, feels like something that the director's branch could really like. And it kind of is giving me similar a similar feeling to Todd Field for Tar. It's a person who takes long breaks between their movies and they make this triumphant return Mm -hmm. and then they get recognized here. The Zone of Interest is definitely that inspired nomination that would make a lot of people happy, like cinephiles happy. So that's Mm -hmm. why I'm rooting for it. It's funny with Danny and Nolan, they've both been nominated once, Danny for Arrival and Nolan for Dunkirk. And I feel like those are much more academy friendly films than Oppenheimer or Dune Part 2. So yeah, I'm not super confident with either one of those. But again, money could also mm-hmm. play a big part in getting a nomination if it if they're successful. So I agree with you there. I am feeling kind of bullish on Oppenheimer, which might be stupid. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. But I've, I listened to American Prometheus, the Oppenheimer biography on Audible <laughs> on my commutes. And it it is more, I, I don't think Nolan's going to make a traditional biopic, but it's much more, I think, in the Academy's wheelhouse than something like Tenet or Inception or mm-hmm. even The Prestige, really. So we'll see. I'm, I have to, I feel like I just have to see it to believe it, really. And then... I have Bradley Cooper because I have to put Bradley Cooper in here. I kind of wonder if he was snubbed for A Star is Born. He didn't make it in that year. And I will never forgive them for putting in Adam McKay for Vice. That will haunt me forever. But 
I'm hopeful that he can get a director nomination this time. If it, it feels like, to me at least, from the pictures I've seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it can be this big, sweeping, technical achievement. So we'll see. So who are you most confident in getting a nomination? I feel like I could say two, and that would be Blitz, Bazawule, and Marty. They seem to both have big movies, one that's been seen and one that's coming out on Christmas, which is a really big release day for award mm-hmm. season. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm too hopeful, but I do think The Color Purple is going to be loved. People love the musical and, mm-hmm. you know, the clip of Cynthia Erivo with her big climactic song is still going around Twitter and I cannot wait for this movie. So, yeah, I'm going to say both. Maybe I'm being too confident, but how do you feel? No, I mean, I think, you know, I, I left out the color purple in the end, which I think it was just a feeling that I had that I could just see this branch not opening their arms up to a newcomer directing a musical. I feel like recently we've seen a lot of musicals not make it in in the end. Well, Damien Chazelle, of course, won for La La Land in this category, but... Steven Spielberg with West Side Story, a lot of people thought that that nomination actually wouldn't pan out in the end. Mm -hmm. And I sort of wonder if it did pan out because he's Steven Spielberg. Mm. But I just wonder if this branch's appetite for musicals will be strong. Mm -hmm. But I also do wonder if this branch says, we've seen this before in the same way that they did for Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. But all this to say, I'm most confident in Martin Scorsese getting in for Killers of the Flower Moon. He is one of the most respected directors, if not the most respected director working today in the industry. If you remember when Bong Joon-ho won for Parasite, he thanked Marty in the audience. And just his reputation for film preservation and access to film, let alone how he speaks about film and getting older and his process of aging and the stories that he wants to tell and the work that he did with the Osage Nation to create this film, I feel like is going to carry him a really long way. And he only has one. Yeah. That's crazy. He only has one for The Departed of all movies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to Best Picture. My 10 predicted nominees are Barbie The Color Purple, Dune Part 2, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Next Goal Wins, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest. We have eight in common. That's pretty high. Wow. I feel like that happens, and then we're like, It does. Wait. Last year, we both had Bardo in the Sun. Mm, Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of The Holdovers and Next Goal Wins... I have The Killer, the David Fincher film with Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. And I'm struggling on a 10th nom. I just don't feel too strongly about anything. And I'm kind of just going to have fun here. I almost said Saltburn just because the one you mentioned by Emerald Fennell. But I'm going to go for Challengers, Mm -hmm. Go Big or Go Home, the Luca Guadagnino film, which I'm really excited for. And we haven't mentioned yet. We haven't. Yeah, Zendaya, Mike Feist. I thought you were going to go with Poor Things here. It's a searchlight film. I don't know how weird it's going to be. That's why I was hesitant to put mm-hmm. it in. I'm going to talk about My Elephant in the Room for a second, yeah, which is Next Goal Wins. Film. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Taika Waititi film. I'm putting this in because 
I'm being cynical and knowing this Academy, if you look at the movies that we've talked about today, they're very serious. They're serious, dark films. And we know recently that this group, they love obviousness and they love things that are heartwarming. And what does Taika Waititi do? He makes movies that make people who love obviousness smile the biggest smile they've ever smiled. Look at Jojo Rabbit. And I I think that with, you know, Ted Lasso, it's a sports movie. I'm just getting Mm -hmm. shades of like chariots of fire. I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's going to win or anything. I know it's been delayed so many times, but I have a fear that this group will like it because they like his stuff. They like Jojo Rabbit, which I really didn't like. So that's why I have to I'm just putting it on here. I do not like his movies, but I have to be realistic and I feel like it's possible. We never like all of the Best Picture nominees. So I think that's smart. Yeah. And like, look at triangle of sadness or don't look up that's when when i'm talking about that obviousness and the comedy and those are the kind of movies i'm thinking of too well and i struggled with a 10th nominee because i initially had napoleon and i didn't (laughs) mention this with actor with joaquin but we somehow got like a gif of him walking forward Mm -hmm. like three seconds i don't know if there are other clips out there but it doesn't look great well with that movie too i just was thinking about when we were really thinking okay the last duel or house of gucci Mm -hmm. maybe both get in it can be like ridley's year and then they both flopped when it came to oscar nominations very hesitant with ridley scott i mean i could also see it doing really well surprisingly it's a big film and Mm -hmm. that is a big historical figure and it's joaquin Mm -hmm. I feel like they love so there are a lot of things working for it there are and I'm curious to see how Apple does when the film doesn't fall into their lap like Coda you know when they have films that are considered prestige Mm -hmm. dramas or big potential vote getters like Killers of the Flower Moon or Napoleon how they will pull that off I'm just curious to see it because Coda was an animal all its own So, yeah, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I think so far, like, looking at our nominations that we have predicted, you know, it's a a good mix, I think, of, like, bigger movies, biopics, your prestige dramas, um, international features. We both have Zone of Interest. I love that we both have Barbie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which we haven't talked about yet. But I don't know. I feel like that movie has potential to really be a big hit this summer and... The production design, the costume design, all of the the technical elements, yeah. the Rodrigo Prieto cinematography, like these are all the crafts look really good. And even if it's not getting nominated in the acting categories, it could be one of those movies that is just, you know, one of the movies of the year and that gets in because it's a tech player. You can put in Next Goal Wins as the audience <laughs> happy favorite maybe film and i know you have barbie too but i am only going to keep this as barbie trying to stay hopeful (laughs) and we obviously love greta and we believe in her Mm -hmm. every film she's made not many but they've all been great yeah love lady bird we wanted more for little women so i really do have faith with barbie and 
all of its components, and I'll mention it again in a second. Greta Gerwig, for me, she's made two five-star movies. Mm-hmm. So that's she has a perfect GPA <laughs> for me. So I can't, I really am so excited to see Barbie. Looking at your list, what are you most confident we'll get in? I think the easy answer, again, is Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> it's I know. It's one we have already, so we already mm-hmm. feel more confident about it, especially because of its praise. In the same way that I would love to say Past Lives, it's just a smaller yeah. film. It's not going to have as high of a box office. That's just, we know that. We know that going in. So, yeah. but Best Picture doesn't necessarily only relate to box office and yeah i guess i'll say either of those i think dune as well is an easy filler Mm -hmm. because of how the first one did but i could also say the color purple i mean again just bigger films Mm -hmm. that i think will have a lot of love but what do you feel most confident with yeah i mean i feel like looking at my list just the top three that i would be most confident in right now would actually be past lives the color purple and killers of the flower moon but my number one, it's Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. I We've been talking about this movie for so long. It just feels like anytime you have Scorsese, you, I mean, you have to consider it. The other thing, too, is like you, like you mentioned, we know more about this movie than the other movies on this list because it's already come out at a film festival. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a little bit more confidence in it than in movies that haven't premiered yet or that critics or even people at secret screenings haven't seen Mm. so i'm gonna go with killers of the flower moon it's funny because doing the fantasy draft will be interesting because this will have been the only movie Mm -hmm. that had been chosen before but was delayed Uh and you know we do the fantasy draft before venice and all the fall festivals but since we already have killers like relating it to films that we thought were going to be big from Venice, like Bardo, or maybe The Whale, that we were really quick to jump on, or even The Fablemans, which just didn't mm-hmm. do well in the end. But those movies that you know were quick to jump on, is that jinxing us with Killers of a Flower Moon? <laughs> That's my only worry. <laughs> I know. I really don't want to jinx it either. And I think my way of not jinxing it is just thinking it could be a really big movie that doesn't, that doesn't mean that those nominations translate to wins Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna think that way because you know and our listeners know who have listened to us for a while now that the movies that i like tend to do well on nomination morning not on oscar night so if i love killers of the flower moon that might be that movie's fate we'll see maybe we could have a good a good oscar night but i think right now like i'm trying to just think of the nomination stage Mm -hmm. itself And not think too far ahead. So just to wrap up, one more question I have for you. What's one other nomination from any category that we mentioned or not that you would want to happen? So when you put this question in the outline, I made sure that I actually, I only considered this for movies I have seen so far. So I'm not thinking about Jack Fisk getting a production design nomination for Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm sure I will love him again and want that to happen, but my answers are only for movies I've seen so far. So that list isn't very long this year, but my serious answer I have, I have two in production design, Grace Yoon for Past Lives. I think the production design in that movie is so detailed and lived in and special 
to creating this New York City environment through time. How you the details in their apartments just feel like so so real for New York living. I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And then Fiona Crombie for Bo is Afraid. So those two production design nominations. And then my unserious answer that would be very funny is if Mary Steenburgen was nominated in the original song category for Anywhere With You from Book Club, the next chapter. Oh, I love that. Because if that nomination happened, we would get Mary Steenburgen, Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton... And Candace Bergen may be performing the song mm-hmm. on stage at the ceremony. And I cannot think of a better moment for me, besides Bradley Cooper winning an Oscar, than that happening. I can see it almost as well as I could see RRR being performed at the Oscars. So yeah, yes. that would be so much fun. I just imagine Diane Keaton singing Not To Not To, though. and <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Now that's a sight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so my answers, my serious answer is Past Lives, Celine Song getting in for screenplay. I would love a win here as well. I mostly have it here because it's subtle. And my fun answers, I have a few. The one that's most likely would be Challengers for cinematography. Last year, I loved Bones and All. And I think all of Luca's films are shot beautifully so well it's not the same dp as bones and all but it is the same dp from call me by your name and suspiria yeah. so sayombu mukti prom hasn't been nominated yet but i think he definitely should be he also shot 13 lives last year he shot memoria so he's done some great work two incredible tilda films <laughs> memoria and suspiria And this is a sports film, so I just, I can't wait to see what this is like. My next fun nom would be Dua Lipa being nominated for original song for the Barbie soundtrack, Dance the Night. (laughs) I mean. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Oscar nominee, Dua Lipa. (laughs) We we need it, actually. This will save the Oscars. (laughs) There will be entire clothing lines devoted to having this printed on it. So, yes, I need Mm -hmm. that. My last one, complete fun. I have no idea what this is going to be, but I think it's a Netflix film. Is Amy Adams for Night Bitch. (laughs) We need to give Amy her Oscar. I don't know. Maybe not. The the Mariel Heller movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, we we do need it to happen. You're right. (laughs) Well, those were our Oscar predictions. We hope you all enjoyed listening to those. Let us know what your predictions are in those six categories. Next time on Oscar Wilde, we will be talking about the films of Wes Anderson. We will be reviewing his latest film, Asteroid City, and playing a little game going through his filmography. Yeah, let us know what you think about our predictions, what your predictions are. We'll get to the other categories later this year but i'm excited next time to talk about wes anderson he's a wonderful director and i'm excited for his new movie to come out and for us to talk about it so thank you all so much for listening if you like our show feel free to rate review and follow you can find us on twitter and instagram at oscar wild pod and bonus content at patreon.com slash oscar wild 
Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you.